symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Grilling JR with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. Jim, how are you, man? I'm good, Conrad. Good, good to see you this morning. Good to talk to you. Thanks, folks, for joining us. Interesting show today. I, li- I like these watch alongs because I-, I see something in every segment that I had forgotten, all in all transparency. And it brings up more often than not, it brings up good memories. Well, I'm excited to do this one today. It's uh, Monday Night Raw, season nine, episode 41, October 8th, 2001. We've been uh, following along 2001 this year. And most recently, we listened to, uh, or we did a watch along that famous SmackDown after nine 11. And then of course we saw the, uh, the recap that you and I did for the show in Pittsburgh, unforgiven 2001, where Kurt angle just 12 days after nine 11 became world champion. But this is the Monday night raw where stone cold, Steve Austin becomes top dog again on October 8th. This was uh, an exciting time for the WWE. It's obviously a different time for America. Uh, but it's also a time where we're trying to sort of chart our own course with no competition. And really that had never been the case. It had never really been just a single solitary company before in your entire career. Right, Jim? Yeah, no, it, 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 it didn't there. And it, it's a new, new territory, new horizons. And I think that when WCW went out of business, uh, it took a little bit of the edge off some of the folks at WWE. I think the. Uh, as, as, as has been said, McMahon works best under pressure and, uh, and he's very competitive as we all know. So in any event, I think, uh, it was a new time, a new day. And how are we going to navigate these new roads? So it's a pretty cool time. Well, let's, uh, without further ado, let's get the show on the road, fire up the Peacock network, go to season nine, episode 41. It's October 8th, 2001. Go ahead and mute the audio and, uh, Jim Ross and I will give you sort of alternate commentary here. I'll give you a countdown three, two, one, and then we'll press play. Jim, are you ready? I am ready. Here we go in three, two, one play. position for Kurt Angle. Tonight in this very ring, Kurt Angle in a in a non-title match face one member of the alliance. One member of our choosing. And if that member of the alliance defeats Kurt Angle, then you will grant Stone Cold Steve Austin his rematch for the WWF Championship this Monday night on Raw. Shame. I accept. One man carries the entire weight of the alliance on his shoulders tonight. Yes. The one man who's going to do so cold Steve Austin the one man who is going to defeat Kurt Angle tonight Rob Van Dam Rob Van Dam will defeat Kurt Angle and Stone Cold Steve Austin will get his title shot Monday night on Raw this one is not for the weak at heart here Van Dam looking further no Van Dam tapping no Obviously I'm working with Paul Heyman. 
hear Paul's familiar voice. Buddy Kurt Angle. And now the referee is trying to pull us up back in the ring. One, oh, no. Two. Rocky, no. Three. Damn it. Bad Dad has won the match. For Stone Cold Steve Austin. Shane McMahon won the damn match for Stone Cold Steve Austin. It is my duty as a WWF commissioner to indeed sanction a match this Monday night on Raw that will pit Stone Cold Steve Austin against Kurt Angle for the WWF Championship. It is also my duty to inform any member of the Alliance, any owner of the Alliance, or anybody remotely associated with the Alliance that they will not be allowed at ringside. In fact, they are all barred from ringside. We will find out Monday night on Raw who the better man is. In fact, we will find out exactly who the WWF champion will be. Nice job catching us up on the storyline there, Jim. Now at least we yep. know what's going on. Yeah, you know, uh, Regal did such a great job. I, I think he's one of the more under uh, appreciated uh, talents that I ever worked with. He can be. He, he he was a very entertaining baby face when he wanted to, when he needed to be. He was a great villain, but I think his greatest role is what we're seeing him do now at times, just as that authority figure. And I think he did a hell of a job. He made it believable. He didn't, I didn't think I was being worked when I heard Regal talk, you know, I see all these signs and stuff. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Takes you back. Yeah, man. And all those people in the seats, it's kind of cool too. <laughs> I like the signs. I, you know, I've always, I told, I used to tell Vince, you know, the signs are great market research. Yeah. It tells you what they're, uh, what they're buying, what they're buying, what they want to see, who they, who they care about. We get a look here at the WWF New York. Do you remember, uh, any particular dish being your favorite there? Did well, you know, Jan, uh, Jan had a Conrad had a, uh, a little hand in the menu. And so we did have a little, uh, flavor of our cookbooks on there, but, uh, and they made pretty good barbecue. Actually, they had a smoker and all that stuff. So a little touch of, uh, the South and the Times square is kind of cool. We see the Dudley boys up next and they've got, uh, Stacy Keebler in tow. what do you think of that pairing Stacy Keebler with the Dudleys? Stacy Keebler and a bologna sandwich is my favorite sandwich. <laughs> Stacy Keebler and the Dudleys is my favorite and her getting in the ring was always an adventure. Uh, this legs for weeks, former, uh, Baltimore Ravens cheerleader. Yeah. I mentioned the other night. I don't know if people got it or not. I mentioned here a while back on dynamite that, uh, that, uh, uh, Brian Pillman was roommates with the Baltimore Ravens head coach, Jim Harbaugh at Miami of Ohio. And I'm not so sure how many people got that. I said, John Harbaugh I should have identified him better. I should have done a better job at that it was kind of cool. The Duchess of Dudleysville, <laughs> Stacy Keever. Oh, and here comes Taz. And, uh, this is an interesting time. For Taz, because he's been the, the only guy who stone cold had to sort of question his loyalty in the Alliance. And it's also a different look for Taz than what he joined the company with. You remember why Taz, uh, switched the look up here from the old singlet to this. No, not really a specific reason. Uh, maybe just to freshen up and uh, to look a little bit different, get a new start, uh, would be the only thing I could surmise. 
Now here comes with here, here's another underrated guy, oh. Tajiri. And he's coming down with Tori Wilson, who is never underrated. My God, she looks great. You know, Vince said, Jerry, you gotta hire you gotta hire me athletic tens. Well, there's two of them. No doubt about that. Yeah. They look great. So at no mercy, we're gonna get the first ever lingerie match. How about that? Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait for a wardrobe malfunction. Oh my <laughs> gosh. All right, here comes. Look at this. What pairing Big show this? Big show and spike. I love this look, man. So we're starting out with uh, a uh, hot start. Yeah, we are. So it's Taz, Spike, and Big Show uh, against the Dudleys here. Uh, uh, Taz is a partner of the Dudleys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, you see the other trio. Do you like when they when we say on AEW trios tag match? Or are you still kind of like me and I'm, like the six man? I'm old school. I like six man. Yeah, me too. I want to mention, uh, to give an update here on the current situation, Booker T and test have just won the WCW world tag team titles from taker and Kane. And, uh, now there's supposedly talks between the WWF and Ric Flair. We know how that's going to wind up tough enough. had just finished up and the winners were Maven and Nydia. Uh, Jim, what'd you think of that concept tough enough? I didn't, I didn't uh, mind it. I kind of thought it was the interesting programming. It's kind of on the entertainment side of sports entertainment as, uh, uh, the Dudley's feed big show. I call him big show here and not get, get tweeted about it. That's true. And there, the referee's back is turned, made sure to protect the referee. His Taz got a low blow in his uh, favorite place, the yam bag. I like the two is just so entertaining. God almighty. And, uh, to Jerry gets the fall over Taz. A lot of color, a lot of, uh, pageantry minute and 35 seconds. Yeah. Don't quite understand that part of it. What the amount of talent you got and how short and brief the match is. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, you know, these guys are all versed enough to uh give you more time. Stacy and making fun of Taz was far got her heat with Taz in the locker room. And then here comes Tori to set up their next encounter. Then there's Bubba. Is he gonna say, Devon, get the tables? I don't know. And maybe saving that, who knows? I have not watched the show since we did it live. I love doing that. There's Taz. There's Taz mission. So the, he did the, he did the honors to Taz. Yvonne, get the tables. And guess what? Conrad he's getting them. Conrad. He got the tables. Yeah. I can't believe they're going to do this, but, uh, I believe Miss Tori Wilson here is fixing to go for a ride. Yeah, I think you're right. And to be honest with you, if the truth be known and all due respect to the talents in the ring, 
this is what they came to see. Somebody go through the table. The table was over. Look at this. Look at Bubba's position. Good Lord. And there goes Bubba. Bubba was really gifted in taking care of the talents when he, oh, when yeah. he dropped, you know, including May Young. Remember that? Oh, who could forget? Yeah. Dion, uh, Bubba went into his, uh, his trance. I enjoyed Bubba's work on uh, Busted Open with Dave LaGreca. They did a nice job. It's always good to listen to that show because you kind of get a judge, much like these signs, on what people are inter inter interested in. Absolutely. Easy for me to say. Market research. Yeah, I like the market research. So anyway, what do you think about the, uh, the power bombing of women through tables here? I mean, obviously that would be more controversial these days, but it feels like you've got more proponents of intergender matches these days, but still violence against women feels like yeah. a no, no, with a lot of sponsors. Yeah. It wouldn't work today uh, to any degree. I I'm not, again, you know, we talked about this on our last show. I'm not a big fan of intergender matches. Yeah. We were talking about Chris Jericho and China and all those things. Uh, but nonetheless, that's what it is. They're replaying the uh, table spot. Hey, Tori is such a good, Tori is such a good sport, man. She, she was an athlete and, you know, I, she was one of the people that when she got to the arena for a raw, for example, uh, within a matter of minutes, she was running the stairs up and down, up and down. So she really trained hard. I never see her in a neck brace to Jerry checking on her. Jim, we, we mentioned a minute ago that, uh, we now have tough enough winners, Maven and Nydia. what do you think of the tough enough concept? And what do you think of Maven and Nydia? Uh, I like the tough enough concept. I was never oversold on either of those talents. Uh, there are good people. Uh, I know we, and, and WWE did all they could to, uh, uh, you know, get, get them over, including where don't, do you remember when Maven eliminated the undertaker in the Royal rumble? I could forget that was a, a major moment here. Stephanie was. McMahon, Stephanie McMahon comes to the ring. She recently had a birthday. Happy birthday, Stephanie. Mother of three. And sure, uh, we've we've done this before, but we certainly want to wish Triple H a good uh, recovery. Absolutely. From his last health issue. So here we are. We're gonna take a listen to Stephanie here. She's uh, picking up the microphone, and here we go. Let's take a listen. About Stephanie. Indianapolis loved it. I mean, Tori doesn't deserve your sympathy. 
She got what she had coming to her, whereas I was an innocent victim. <laughs> look, look, here I am. I'm, I'm trying to clear the ring of any debris. And Chris Jericho just puts me in the wild and terrified and two herniated discs in that whim. I've suffered a bruised sternum. Often, Do you know she suffered a bruised sternum, Conrad? I hope somebody was there for her. Dogs barking and glass breaking all over America and beyond. booing. I don't know if they're booing at Austin or booing at her voice. Probably her. You know, it's going to be good. This Jericho Stephanie feud. This was a great piece of business. Yeah. They had good chemistry and, you know, but to her credit, she was willing to try stuff. Yeah. That was totally new for her. And when you're out there alone, she didn't have a stunt woman. That's what I've always admired about these talents. You know, they, they're bold. They go out there and they try things. And I, I think that's just great. Shows a lot of courage and conviction in what they do for a living. <laughs> then here I, comes Chrissy. I remember now, Jim, we just talked about Jericho last week. Yep. And this is where he is roughly a year later. You know, here it is October, 2001. Let's take a listen. And you can feel the tension between these two. You know, the same people that cheer Y2J used to cheer Bobby Knight in this town. Stephanie, it's so good to see you again. I mean, I'm so happy that you're okay. What was that stuff you were saying? You feel like you can do anybody? I don't think. And how about when you were talking about being on your back? Oh, no, 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 no. You said that you have back. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. You said that you are back. Well, that makes sense, too. And speaking of two, I, here comes Stephanie's brother, Shane. Did you have a favorite performer of the McMahons? Yeah. Vince. Yeah. Best heel in the attitude era, bar none. But Shane and Stephanie, sometimes they tried too hard to please their dad and it got out of the more organic presentation into what we have seen a lot. And I don't, there's nothing wrong with trying to please your parents. 
but, but I don't know anybody in the world's got a parent like Vince. Well, just these two. Shane McMahon and Jericho could go right here, right now, knowing the volatile nature of both their personalities. I'm proud of Shane for sticking up for his sister. Heyman's such a turd. Jericho for years. Great heel. You've been coming out here and making fun of my sister, Stephanie. Well, I've sat back and watched idly by, and I've done nothing about it. And do you know why, Chris? Because, quite frankly, I think you're hilarious. You know, especially the name you came up with. I have no idea where you came up with this one. What's the name you call my sister that... Filthy, dirty, disgusting, bottom-feeding, trash bag, ho. <laughs> the magic word is ho. I'm sorry. Steph, you got to give the man credit. The man is funny. Not right? funny. Oh, oh, the man, the man is funny. funny. It's okay. No, but Chris, you know, I thought you'd run out of Stephanie material by now. I mean, but you're like a lyrical genius. You just keep going and going, and the Stephanie jokes keep going and going. I'm like, man, this man is smart. But you know, Chris, if you would just focus, if you focus just half the amount of time on winning the big matchups, as you do of coming up with insults to my sister, you know what, Chris? You could be the man right now. But no, that's not what you want to do. Chris, you could be a champion, but is that what you focus on? No, that's not what you focus on. So that's cool. So come out here to the ring as you do. Come out and entertaining all of these people as you always have, Chris, because you know what? There's always room for comic relief in the show, but you never, remember this, will ever, just like the Colts and Pacers here, Chris, what companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like y'all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. The old local sports reference always works. Will always be nothing more than a choke artist. Wow. In case you didn't hear my brother, he called you a choke artist. <laughs> <laughs> Choke artist. That's 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 a good one. You know, that's quite entertaining. But you know what else would be entertaining? 
It would be entertaining for the two of you to join up as a tag team. Yeah, that's right. For the first time ever in the World Wrestling Federation rings, a brother and sister teaming up. Yeah, Shane and Stephanie, the tag team versus Y2J tonight. Another challenge here. Yeah, that way I could get my hands around each of your necks and show you what it really feels like to choke. You got that in before PC came a, a thing. Jericho, I know you'd like nothing more than to get your hands on my body. <laughs> oh, but I'm and the double entendre count, Conrad, is up to 100. I'm not going to put myself in that position. So therefore, you talk about a tag team. I'm going to have my brother Shane team with the man who has recently defeated you again and again and again in this very ring. <laughs> Rob Van Dam. Oh, stakes just got raised here in this poker game. Oh, Shane and RVD. That's a pretty formidable tag team. I guess I'll probably have to find myself a formidable tag team partner, and I know who I can get. Yeah, I can get the one man who has the one thing that neither of you have, and that would be the WCW Championship. So why don't we make it Shane and RVD versus Y2J and The Rock. What did you think of that segment, Jim? A little long. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit long. They probably could have got their business handle a little, a little bit more uh, expeditious pace, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it's a great hook for the rest of the show. He, you know, Jericho had the magic word, the rock. And man, how great was Stephanie's heel? You want to talk about being hateable. She had it down pat. Yeah. She's a very good performer. Unfortunately, Russ Haas would suffer a uh, heart attack on September 27th while in developmental and, uh, gentleman, Chris Adams would pass away the day before this show on October uh, 7th. What do you remember of, uh. Russ Haas and of course, gentleman, Chris Adams <laughs> difference in night and day. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Chris Adams. Anybody that has a ongoing record of violence against women. And I guess now I'm being hypocritical because we just saw Tori Wilson go through a, a table and the Stephanie get close to being in a match. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Chris Adams. I rode back with him one time for Shreveport TV. He's making some shots for cowboy and, uh, learned a lot about him in the car ride and none of which I will venture to repeat, but I, I think at the end of the day, and I know I hate speaking ill of the dead. He just was not uh, a good person in my opinion. That's all folks. Was he a good wrestler? Hell yeah. Very good. 
it's also in the air here. They're giving test an opportunity. So, uh, what about Russ Haas? Any memories of him? Oh yeah. Ru Ru sweetheart, uh, really raised well, good parents. I attended that, uh, uh, that funeral and, and in, down in Houston, it was very emotional. That's one of the sad parts about that damn job I had Conrad was the fact that, you know, death is just an inevitability. We're all going to be there sometime. Yeah. So, but it was just tough to attend though that job had a lot of duties, shall we say, but I remember, I remember flying to Houston from, uh, New York and to attend the services. And it was very emotional. As you can understand, he was a young guy. Yeah, he was. But there, he and his brother, I thought were a good team and we had high hopes for them as going forward. So, uh, but there, but he, but Russ and Chris Adams were night and day different. No doubt about it. Booker T is uh, on my screen is just coming out. I thought it was unusual to the tag team champions did not come out together. I never quite figured that one out either. I don't like that. I like when a tag team is a tag team, not two individual stars. Yeah, me too. And, and I don't have a problem with them having some same color scheme or something that shows unity. Yeah. We should note this show is from Indianapolis. Brock Lesnar is going to have a dark match before we all got started in that match. He would pin Lance Cade, who also is no longer with us. Yeah. Sad. And it's the first time Brock has been brought to TV since June when you guys were in Minneapolis and Jesse Ventura escorted him, um, April of next year, though, man, he's going to be on the main roster right around WrestleMania time. And he becomes the next big thing. But you probably knew that even here in October, the year prior, right? Yeah, I kind of knew that. And in, in, uh, in that tape, we, we kept watching over and over Jerry Briscoe and I, uh, uh, Brock at the university of Minnesota. He was the most dominant amateur wrestler of, of that era, uh, winning the deep division one, um, championship and heavyweights. That's the marquee position. And, you know, my God, he looked awesome. He wasn't a chubby little heavyweight that, you know, used his weight, do his thing. He was just a big monstrous athlete with great, great, uh, great athletic skills. And I, and here come, uh, uh, the Hardy boys with Lita. And I like this, this pairing. I like the, this trio. I like these guys. I, they had a lot of energy. The fans always got up for it. So the tag team title match is upcoming. Matt and Jeff just there. They grew up in a WWE ring in my eyes. Yeah. So here they are now with uh, a shot at becoming tag champions. Referee Charles Robinson, little Nate, same haircut for the last 40 years. Did you like the idea of using WCW referees for WCW titles? I mean, that's pretty it, cool. Didn't bother me. Yeah. It, it, it tied in, made sense. Yeah. Logical, right? Yeah. I like logic, which doesn't really explain why I've been in the wrestling business since 1974, because I've seen a lot of illogical shit. Tess getting an opportunity here, which he had campaigned for and, and worked for. You know, the one thing about the Hardys that made them great Conrad, that they knew how to sell and they had the ability to sell in levels. 
So what they were, what they were receiving, they sold in kind. And I thought that was just a, that was one of their greatest assets, greatest traits. And Lita, you know, Lita was such a big part of their presentation. Yeah, man. You know, th then you got the little boys, you got the little girls, you got everybody. Yeah. Lita had a, a load of athleticism and athletic ability. God, I sure remember meeting with her in my office and, uh, she thought that because she had a big tattoo in her arm that I wouldn't hire her. It was cause of the traditional WWE, the WWE way, you know, Vince said, what does that to tattoo me? I said, hell, I don't know. I'll find out. Hot tag. Jeff Hardy, you know, just is so charismatic and he had such energy and you also hear, uh, Booker T should get credit for the, he fed a great comeback. Yes, he did. Yep. You got the false finishes. Notice there on that cover, the referee's head was head to head with the guy getting pinned. Yep. Which is perfect positioning to see both shoulders. And Booker with the rock bottom, Uranagi, whatever. And look at Lita. Now Booker T taking a Hurricane Rana from Lita off the top was pretty amazing. Yeah. Test might have been better suited for the quote unquote heater role than anything else. Big, strong, athletic. There's Lita getting hold of his foot. For me, anyway. And now Tess is stalking with evil, evil intentions. Oh, now he's got her. Yeah, he do. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm really, oh, yeah, a lot of bumps <clears throat> and this concrete down there. They're not landing on a landing pad or a cushion. They're landing on concrete. Here's the undertaker. Let's listen. Referees out of position are gone. Sets up Jeff for that swanton. Here comes a uh, little Nate makes the count, and thanks to the Undertaker, the Hardy Boys have become the tag team champions. Some people will complain about well they should have beat them outright and all this stuff, but this kept the story going, and it kept the Undertaker involved. Absolutely. Anytime you have an opportunity to put a big star on TV, right? That's right. Especially a star like him. He was still a big dog in the yard for us. And I know rock and Austin were there, but undertaker is just a, they're now we're going to break again. You we were selling a lot of ads in that era because the ratings were decent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny that people talk about, you know, uh, the, all the ratings talk in today's pro wrestling world. A lot of fans don't like it. They don't want to be, they don't want to talk about it. And I think largely that's because they don't understand it and they don't understand the lay of the land. And now we're just coming back from break uh, with a little replay of what happened moments ago, but everybody's got to understand that, you know, these rights fees are essentially, uh, used because that, that's how, that's what pays the bills. 
Uh, and so you gotta, you gotta understand ratings. Great move by Jeff. It's amazing me that Jeff Hardy could do that swan ton off the top and not hurt anybody. Yeah. It's really great. Uh, athleticism, protecting your opponent, respecting the business. So now the Hardys and Lita are leaving victorious and the crowd loved it. And there's a shot of the undertaker. Clint Eastwood in WWE. No, Ever since I got here, man, I got nothing but disrespect. No, but the only way I'm gonna get some respect around here, the only way the book is gonna get some respect oh, is best to take the number one respected sucker down here in the WWF. You know who that is, don't you? What are you saying? Take it. I'm you gonna sure? take it. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it down. You can't do it. No, you're just going to do it. Oh, you can't do it. But can't you think? It's awesome. Just get showered up, and I will meet the new WCW. It's supposed to be heroic, but to rely on illegal help from the Undertaker. It would appear that the Hardy Boys and Lita are not. And but Jesus. For shame, Citizen Lita. Shame on you and the Hardys for the villainous way you won those tag team titles. <laughs> it's about high time you learn. Cheaters never win, the winners never cheat. So face Mighty Molly, and you will taste defeat. Holy Hemingway, Molly. Your heart of poetry lessons have paid off handsomely. Big time. So what do you say, lowly Lita? You up for the challenge? Holy! Ask Molly. <laughs> you got it. What'd you think of the, uh, the package of hurricane and Molly entertaining. They land on that sports entertainment side of wrestling, uh, and, and, uh, always entertained. They're both very reliable. They're both great pros. You know, Molly now in the hall of fame, which is, I'm proud of her. I got to introduce it to, to Molly through Dean Malenko actually. And it's funny how we had a lot of when talents put their reputation on the line to, to endorse somebody, it sure eased the pressure of, did, did we make a mistake? Or, uh, as McMahon said, uh, when the first Jericho show we did, you know, I feel like I've been sold a bill of goods. Yeah. I got a recommendation from a talent, especially a talent with as much credibility, uh, as, as Dean Malenko, I felt very comfortable and Molly was the perfect uh, teammate, she was perfect in there. No doubt about it. Love working with her. You always knew that she's going to be on time. You always knew that she's going to be reliable. And that may sound simplistic to some fans, but if you own a business, you can relate or any other form of life, you got to be reliable and dependable. So there's a uh, little promo for no mercy. Setting the baseball diamond. I don't know we're going to see that or not, but. And now they're billboarding. We're billboarding a uh, rock and Jericho versus Van Dam and shape tonight. So um, we're back here on the regular, regular feed of raw. How about that? The money for Christian man. Yeah. No kidding. And that's another sign that your entrance music, uh, pyros, if they're applicable, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, a sign that the company's got more confidence in you and they're going to willing to spend money on 
on these accessories. We uh, we heard the big pop for Rob Van Dam earlier. He is super hot here. Yeah. Um, do you think being in the Alliance and being a part of this storyline hurt him or did this help him sort of move up the ladder a little bit? I think it might've helped him a little bit because he got some identity out of it, Conrad, but you know, I'm not a major fan of the, of the, uh, the whole Alliance angle. I think it was so underutilized under booked and, uh, man, if I couldn't find a more red, more red shirt. I didn't look very hard. Good God almighty. What am I wearing? We see uh, Christian putting on the headset. He's going to do uh, a little commentary here for edge and Rhino, uh, for the U S title. Rhino is the U S champ. But, uh, what do you think of the concept of adding a talent to the play-by-play and commentary team? Um, just as a guest spot like this to advance the storyline or what I liked it come out, you know, uh, for a one-off deal and hopefully associated and tied to what we're seeing in the ring. Love those referee shirts. Nick Patrick, there's wearing that WCW shirt. It's going to look kind of cool. Look like an NBA uh, referee shirt. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Christian and, uh, edge here, obviously lifelong best friends, Christian on commentary edge, making his way to the ring. When did you first know these guys were going to be bigger single stars than tag stars? Was that apparent to you right away? No, it wasn't. Honestly, it was, uh, it was not. I thought that they were because they were such a good team. I thought that might just be their calling. It's kind of like the young bucks, you know, I know that both those kids could, could work in singles, but they're really at their best. I think most people would agree as a team. I thought the same as we're getting a little hot start here with edge and uh, rhino. Rhino's another guy that was under undervalued. I think at times, another guy that was very loyal, very reliable, always in shape and his, his shit looked good. So, uh, I, I always liked, uh, Terry. Terry, AKA Rhino. Heyman got him a gore, gore, gore in there. That's going to help Rhino quite frankly, but you see some good stuff, uh, in this match. Both these guys were, were really skilled, but edge had edge just exuded charisma. It's natural. You can't teach it. You can't feel it, touch it, smell it. We've talked about that before. 
you had it and you can't produce it. It is, uh, in your DNA, so to speak. You know, that the first contract I signed these two cats, edge and Christian, I had no idea how in the hell I got this number, but they were making $210 a week. Wow. And they were happy to get it because I, we knew that it would be long before that number would be a, just a memory. Yeah. But you know, you have budgets and things like that. And you know, they've been around the Indies in Ontario for quite some time. So, uh, I just felt like they were going to be, they could be our next big team. And then there you see Christian interfering with edge and Rhino giving the gore, gore, gore to, uh, Christian. And there's a cover and a near fall. Remember Rhino's the champion title match was a hell of a good, hell of a good crowd spine on the pine. <laughs> And uh, Jay Risso, AKA Christian selling well, great facials. I don't know what the hell that power, that power bomb was charred the ass of, uh, edge. I can tell you that. And then the DDT, the impaler, that's a finish and Christian made sure, uh, that the pin didn't go down. That's the end of the match. It's a DQ finish crowd hates it, but, uh, edge and Rhino, man, only getting two and a half minutes here. Not a lot of wrestling time so far on the show. No, that was always a controversial topic to discuss. Uh, you know, how much match time you got and the higher up the card you were, uh, the, here comes still more action. The gore, the spear down goes Christians, but he said. But I think that was always a point of discussion and, and for some talents consternation, if you're on, if you're in Vince's good side and you got the ear of the owner, you know, he could, he could make you have as much time or little time as he wanted. So good selling. And now here we see Shane and, and RVD on my feed. RVD had a great singlet. Now we're going to break getting ready for that big main event level match. Now we're back. Indianapolis Conrad, you ever been Indianapolis much? Uh, only a few times, but I know where you're going to, where you're you going to go with this. You're going to talk cocktail about sauce. emails, cocktail sauce. Yeah. Love it. I, it's one of those old school steakhouses and we're going to be playing Indianapolis uh, soon. AEW is, and I guarantee you, I will be, uh, St. Elmo's, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll have at least one meal, one meal there for sure. Probably on the Tuesday night before the show. So if you want to drop by St. Elmo's the Tuesday night before our Wednesday dynamite and buy me dinner, <laughs> it's like one of the boys. Hey brother, uh, no, we're good, but that's where I, 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 I love those places. Do you have a favorite Shane McMahon memory? like something that you called on TV. He did a uh, coast to coast for the first time that I thought was pretty astonishing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was a stunt guy and, uh, him coming off the top of the, uh, 
uh, set area one time was also kind of breathtaking. I did not like him trying to emulate Foley on the hell in a cell. Yeah. I don't understand why we would allow Shane to do that because it's not going to be getting the chain over. It's just going to be, uh, embellishing Foley's stunt. Yep. And, and, and it didn't become Shane's. It's just a copy of mix. Yep. No upside. Yeah. But I'll say this for Shane, night in and night out, he was willing to try anything. Uh, and I don't know if he was chasing hugs or what from dad. Uh, I can understand that if he did. So now Jericho's in the ring, Shane, RVD, Lillian Garcia is the ring announcer. And, uh, this should, this is going to be good. And then you'll hear a pop here in a second. It's kind of outstanding. There he comes. Bugging the hell out of that restaurant. Yeah, I, was, I, I follow orders. Absolutely. What do you think of uh, the use of the WCW championships here? And what do you think of, uh, you know, this is really one of the first times you're claiming two world titles as part of the program. These days, that's pretty common. You know, we've got a, right. a different brand champions. But back then, the first time we started seeing stuff like that, what do you think of? Well, it was new territory, new ground to cover. Um, there was no precedent for it for us at that time because everything was built around the WWE title. Uh, I never tried, I never enjoyed watching WWE try to get the universal title over the WWE title in their ongoing storylines. Tradition means something. So RVD and the rocker starting this thing off. You know, it's really amazing. When you watch this thing. We know that rock has become the, the biggest movie star in Hollywood. You know, I saw a stat the other day where he made $84 million that one like last year, year before, whatever it was. He did. Okay. Yeah. He's doing all right. But here he was a young, hungry wrestler trying to, trying to find his way. And Shane comes in, you know, Shane, the thing about Shane, and you know, we just touched on a moment ago is. He's got boundless energy, willing to try anything. And, and he's not a, you know, he didn't go through a wrestling school or go to a camp or whatever for long periods of time. A lot of this stuff, he just picked up on his own. And I, that should not be a shock because of who he is and, and he's been immersed in pro wrestling or sports entertainment, uh, for forever. Jericho's in again, Shane was feeding a real good comeback. Jericho in that mount position. We started using that as MMA got more popular. Yeah. He's in the mount, in the mount, you know, Shane smart though. He's got a, he's got a Jersey on. I wonder how much merchandise he sold back in those days. He always had some cool shirts. So he's just doing a hell of a job. He just cut a nice back body drop. 
you told us jerk. before about a monster uh merch year that austin had did rock have similar years in that regard oh yeah yeah they're the they were they're the top sellers and i think one of the reasons of that was obviously austin's popularity was sky high uh but steve approved and designed his t-shirts so he would any 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 drawing that he would be presented as a new new model so to speak uh he uh he had a hand in he had a hand in designing the logo rvd goes to the coverage here goes able to kick out at two tim white old friend timmy white former owner of the friendly tap timmy's a tough guy too if you're a fan and you get in the, you get in the no man's land and you're trying to enter the ring and Timmy was refereeing, your ass is going to get punched. The fighting Irishman, I used to call him. Friendly tap. I always wanted a friendly tap t-shirt. Oh, we can make that happen. <laughs> I bet you can. Boxel gimmicks. We should mention here the, uh, the chemistry with Jericho and Stephanie is really what made this match possible. Yeah. And it was just awesome TV for me as a fan. When did you know, or when did creative first notice? Hey, they got something. Well, I can't speak for creative because I, I wasn't in that loop Conrad, but I could tell by the, the feedback that I got from both talents that they, uh, they liked doing what they did together. They did have chemistry. And that makes it so much easier to pull off a good presentation. You got to have chemistry. You don't have to like each other. I'm not saying that they didn't, but you don't have to like each other, but you got to have chemistry and the willingness to cooperate. You can tell Patterson, Pat Patterson, the late Pat Patterson was deeply involved in this. And you can tell also that rock had been watching some some uh, other wrestling cause he's, put, he's adding a lot of new moves to what he's doing. And the nice thing here that we saw shame that that clothesline from behind and another clothesline that takes rock to the outside, uh, as Jericho is selling, uh, and Shane didn't hold back on that clothes, those clotheslines, even though he's, he was working with a great one. And that's, that's good. He didn't quote unquote, take care of him, brother. This is a very physical match. You're taking a lot of bumps on the outside. That black mat that's uh, there that we're seeing right here at ringside was about, I'm going to guess about an inch thick. It wasn't much, but it did offer some protection. Yeah. It's better than when cowboy bill, uh, took all the mats away at WCW. So the guys are taking bumps on concrete, which almost created a mutiny. Sometimes old school, you could go back too far unnecessarily that might've been an example of that. Well, that Van Dam, I said one, you know, he had educated feet. Great line. Yeah. And it's been used forever. Uh, his balance, Robbie's balance was just superb. And when he missed something like that, the big frog splash, uh, he, he did it in a big way. Yeah. Cause he got a cell long enough for rock to get his cell in. And, and, and get, get up.
DDP had been uh, repackaged in this era as like a self-help guru. Did you like that version of his character better than the stalker? Yes, absolutely. The stalker was, was, uh, unrealistic. Yeah. Cause he was a real stalker, which are also supposed to portray real people. Another spine on the pine. Uh, that's what Patterson's called it. Pine buster. So now that the great one's getting ready to figure this just deal, but I, I thought it was unrealistic Conrad. I don't know that I said this before I said this about Taz. I don't think that, uh, WWE me or who, you know, I'll, I'll take the full, I'll take responsibility to some degree. I don't think we did justice for Taz creatively. Agree. And I don't think we did justice for DDP. He's just, uh, I don't know why he wasn't as liked as he is, as he should have been, you know, he can be, a, you know, you've been around DDP. Yeah. He can, he, he, he likes to control the room and talk and talk and talk, and <laughs> but I, I think he's one of the greatest overachievers in the history of pro wrestling. Oh, without question for a guy to start in, a, in his mid thirties and then you know, it had the run that he had. Boy, this is a, nobody thought, saw this one coming. Jericho bloody and battered on the outside. Couldn't do anything about the interference two on one. And Rob Van Dam beat the rock and the crowd is stunned. They are stunned. You know, I, I, you know, I've said this before. I don't like knowing the finish. Yeah. Jericho hammers the rock right between the eyes. That steel chair. Jericho's bleeding. And then of course he gets dumped to the outside. But in the meantime, in between time, the rock gets it. And it shows you a team player. The rock was, even though he got, yeah, he got hit with a chair. Yes. He did this. A lot of guys that in his status would just say, no, I'm not doing it. Right. You get Jericho bloody beat him, but the, but Rob Van Dam beating the rock as we go to commercial was nothing short of very creative booking. Cause now you got an opponent for the rock. You got somebody that people know can beat rock. Uh, if, if the deck is stacked correctly and the rock had an out. You always want to give your top baby face or your top heel when they do the honors, when they lose by pen, or submission, you got to give them an out some way. So it can fit into the storytelling and it just necessitates a, a rematch that is believable and, and, and viable. See uh, a clip here from WWF New York showing a little segment from Sunday night heat the night before. And we got almost like a talk show set up here with Chris Benoit as one of the guests here, you guys probably did all kinds of events like this, trying to drive traffic to the restaurant, huh? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, to give people a reason to, to, uh, you know, to, to, to go and eat and enjoy themselves. Uh, Lance storm and ivory are the guests here. Uh, there's so much talent on this roster. It almost feels like 
you're having to really start picking who, what, when, where, why, right? I mean, you almost have more talent than you have TV time with this yep. new influx of talent from WCW and you'd always been talent heavy, but this really took it to a new level. This is probably not the most fun time to be head of talent relations, because unfortunately you're going to have to deal with some financial realities, right? Correct. And egos. Lance storm. I love this line. If I can be serious for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Lance storm trained, uh, uh, Lance storm trained, uh, Brian Pillman jr. Ironically in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and, uh, same place that, uh, Brian's father got trained in heart dungeon. I like, I like that little information. I think fans enjoy that sometimes. Another underrated talent, both these guys, Lance storm is, was fundamentally sound as anybody we ever had. And I thought ivory was very underrated as well. She was a spitfire. She had, she, she was so much better than some of the young divas that, uh, we were utilizing. It's not even funny. Showing a replay here. I don't know where you are, but showing a replay here. We're at the finish of that, that big tag team match where Jericho waffled the rock with that steel chair in the face. And now the crack medical staff. And they got a little dialogue here. Who would have thought, you know, what this would look like for them 20 years later? Yeah, no kid. And here's the irony of this thing, Conrad. They both look a lot now like they look then physically. Yeah. And Jericho hasn't changed his physique much. Rock looks like rock. Yeah. Trainers are addressing in Jericho's wounds. Of course, there's a little bit of animosity for what just occurred. What was the, uh, when do you remember blood becoming a hot issue and it becoming almost like, uh, at times it felt like hokey pokey. You guys were into it. You were out of it. You were in, yeah. you were out of it. You're right. Was that always influenced by sponsorship opportunities or did the old man waver? Events. It was all events. As we see Jericho and rock brawling. Now we got another potential match down the road. Uh, uh, it was a uh, Vince decision that was influenced by the talents involved that were getting the blood. If you're a top guy and you went to Vince with your story and all this stuff, uh, then there's Sarge. Lovo Sarge, he's what a guy he is. The referees are there. And Tony Greer, back in my day, the sheep were afraid of us. So we go to a break. And we're back with Michael Cole. Trying to get a word from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course, he's in the main event against uh, Kurt Angle here. You like Cole's uh, highlights? Yeah, I'm sure you had fun with that. Oh man, we busted his balls on that deal in a, in a good natured way, but you know, the highlights or something. 
Meltzer heavily praised that last segment, that match with RVD and Shane and Jericho and rock. They got seven and a half minutes. Meltzer would call it a good match and said the, the segment was tremendous. And then, uh, after we see Michael Cole at stone cold's door, here comes Scotty too hotty to a big pop. It's what familiar. got him over with, what got him over was this worm. So fish called it the worm. Yeah. And he had a lot of energy. Scotty did really good. He knew his role. Yep. He, he knew what he was there for. If you're a shortstop, you're not going to be the starting pitcher. And he was a shortstop. Boy, WWE was making a lot of money off subway. Yes, they were. My goodness. So he's going to be taking on X-Pac here. You know, Scotty too hotty obviously was over going back to the, uh, the too cool presentation. Yep. But this is when I think Brian Christopher was, uh, on hiatus, shall we say? Yeah, it could have been. It doesn't feel like things were ever the same for Scotty after that. I agree. His, uh, the two cool persona worked. Yeah. And he had two highly talented guys. You know, Brian Christopher was a damn good worker. Oh, for sure. I used to kid Lawler. I said, how's it feel to have your son as the second best, second generation guy in the territory? What do you mean? Well, you know, there's Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. Come on, JR. It's not funny. <laughs> Only kidding, King. Take it easy. So here's the man that back in the day was going to help uh, book all the matches for Jericho. Yeah, just we just talked about that last week. Jericho, yep, so. sure did. Let's do some questions here. Christopher wants to know: At this point in the invasion storyline, did you think it was on its last legs, or did you think you could keep it going through WrestleMania? And maybe by then, some of those Time Warner contracts would have come due, like Flair, Hogan, Hall, or Nash. Uh, I always felt like that angle was somewhat disjointed. And I think one of the reasons it was disjointed is the insecurities of a lot of the talents that, uh, were pitted against, uh, the, uh, the company and, and the Alliance. I just felt like it was uh, unorganized and because we didn't have an ending, we didn't know where it was going to end. So you, you know, if you know, your destination, the journey is a whole hell of a lot easier. You know what road to take? You know, you got your own, you got a little GPS there. You know, the other thing, Xbox looked really good here too. Both these kids are in great shape. Yeah. Xbox changed his look up a little bit here. I think most of the time we're used to seeing him in some sort of a, a singlet top, but that's not the case here. Yeah. It looks good. Sean's a really good guy. And so is Scotty. I think Scotty too hot. He's a, isn't he a coach in the. And NXT, yes, sir. Yeah. Of course, Sean Waltman has his own podcast, uh, wrestling for life. Yeah. Talented kid. You listen to his podcast. You'll see he's got a great mind for the business. Oh, he knows his stuff. Yeah, he does. And he's a good heel. He's a wrestling heel. So I got a lot of time for Sean. Wanted to make test it. He, he, he tested my patience. Sorry. He tested my patience on more than one occasion. He's a, had the famous line that God damn JR, you pay me by the pound. <laughs> no one paying you by your contributions. 
and we, and he also, uh, he had a bad back. Cause you know, in his early days, he took some of the most insane bumps there ever yep. was. Yep. So, uh, he was represented by my agent now, Barry Bloom. And, you know, it was one of those days where I was so busy that I took Barry's call and he said, can you do anything to help Sean's travel? Cause his back is killing him. I said, so are you lobbying for a first class ticket? Barry? Yes. I said, well, tell him it's done. Barry talk, tells that story now. This is a very brief conversation. You know, he, he, Sean was an important part of what we were doing and, uh, and him, and he also knew how to handle the privilege of flying first class and not, you know, gloating over it. Yeah. Scotty making his comeback. Now we got the hope spot face buster legs hooked and referee Jack Dawn there to count the ball. what do you think was uh, this is a question from Lindsay. what do you think was more ridiculous? The worm or the people's elbow? <laughs> uh, well, I sure as hell didn't think the people's elbow was ridiculous. I don't think either one were ridiculous. They became part of the personas. Now we're back on coal. Well, it's just, we were expecting it here, you know, from Stone Cold. Oh, I bet you would just love to see my husband, wouldn't you? I bet you would just love to see the next WWF champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin. But guess what? What? He doesn't want to talk to you. He's changed his mind. Changed his mind? Did I stutter? Well, no. I don't think I did. You didn't. I mean, you didn't stutter, but. Right. He's changed his mind. He doesn't want to talk to you. Okay. okay. But, All right, but you know what? You can be a little help with him because I'm looking for the commissioner's office. Can you tell me where that is, please? Commissioner Regal's office? Yes, Commissioner Regal's office. Well, it's just three doors down on your left down there. Okay. Thanks. Well, what does Deborah want with a commissioner? Why is she looking for the. What'd you think of her, uh, her presentation there? She got better and better all along and, uh, started out as we go to break, she started out, uh, you know, as a pure novice, she had not been around the wrestling business that much. Uh, and she was also being directed by her husband stone cold at that time. So, uh, but I thought she did fine. Look, she's going to be in a, at best, a support role. So if there was the best supporting type award. She might've been running for that, but she was, a uh, really, I don't know. I thought she added to the show because again, we're looking for 18 to 49 year old men and most, uh, heterosexual 18 to 49 year old men enjoyed seeing Deborah along with the other ladies on their screen. Indianapolis, uh, known for, I guess, uh, Bobby Heenan, most of all, when it comes to pro wrestling, right? Yeah, it sure. It sure was. And, and Dick, the bruiser We're back live Indianapolis. So Kurt Angle is, uh, going to be in the main event. Of course, he's the world champion and stone cold. Steve Austin as uh, the leader of the Alliance is going to be leading the charge. But we see Lita coming to the ring now. And of course we saw this match set up earlier with mighty Molly 
man, two, two hall of famers and two, two ladies really ahead of their time. I mean, oh, imagine yeah. they came along today. Um, they'll be making huge money. Yeah. And, and I think both those ladies did well, you know, again, our houses were good, uh, on this TV shoot, here comes Molly, uh, the house was full. So everybody earned a pretty good payday that day. Man, Molly, just, uh, the presentation of mighty Molly just tickles me. Yeah, me too. It was hard not to like her. Yeah. She did look so wholesome and she was, she wasn't playing a role of that persona. And then you got the kind of a controversial girl in Lita. If you know, back in the old days, you said, who's the heel? Well, that blonde girl's baby face. So it must be Lita. Molly accepted, uh, there's a cover Molly accepted those, uh, a lot of the mannerisms that, uh, hurricane Helms had been utilizing. And again, as I've said earlier, they were a good team. They were entertaining and they both could work. Sometimes when you get too far into the entertainment side, it's hard for people to take you seriously. And I think that might've been a, a, an issue with Gregory Helms and, uh, Molly, they were so damn entertaining and being positioned as villains. It just didn't seem like it fit. It's been a pretty bring... uh, eventful episode so far. You know, you've got the big tag title switch. So the Hardy boys are now the uh, WCW tag team champs. Jericho has officially turned heel. Of course you can't uh, feud with the rock, uh, America's favorite, the world's favorite, uh, and not be a bad guy. And that's probably needed for Jericho at the time. Give him a little bit of an edge and, and put him in the ring with rock. That was yeah. huge. And that and validated everything that anybody, any question and answered all those questions. It validated the skill set of uh, Jericho that he had arrived and he was, and he was, uh, and he was merit is meritous of his position. He, he had earned that spot. One of our favorite Canadian referees, Jimmy Corderas is uh, calling this match. You ever see his little things on Facebook and stuff? Uh, I do. Yes, sir. Ref and rant, rant, rant and ref. Or, sorry, I didn't. Can't remember exactly. I'm old. Uh, and now Lita's making her come back. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but. Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. There's a, uh, the, that kick right there is, I think the, the kick to the abdomen is more for men because I think it's always intended for it to be just missing the nether regions. These girls are making a, you know, they're having a solid match or just they're not missing a lot of things. And I see, uh, one of the great traits of Alita. That underwear. 
and Molly <laughs> Holly gets the win. <laughs> yeah, Mel called T back. Well, tails what I call it, but yeah, T back. <laughs> uh, Meltzer would write, uh, Molly pin Lita in two forty two with a Pat O'Connor rolling reverse cradle and back bridge. I'm not making that up. It really happened. They're ahead of the time. They're ahead of their time, man. Yeah. Nice match. Good job. So, and, and Molly was Molly is just so fundamentally sound and unselfish Conrad. She was a team player all the way. And so was leader for that matter. That's the that's the famous Pat O'Connor finisher. And the, you know, the, why that finish works so well, you could utilize it because it, it could work on anybody. Yeah. If you get them down and take a, they take a flat back on their back, that, that hole works on anybody. Meltzer would report here. Cornette is really pushing for Rico Constantino to get on the WWF main roster, feeling he's the first dude who is ready in every aspect. I like Constantino and prototypes chemistry as a tag team a lot. And I think they should come in together with a push, but prototype in the ring isn't ready yet. As a reminder, prototype is John Cena. Um, what do you remember of, uh, Cornette's fondness of Rico? Well, he was half right. I think, uh, he's half right. Uh, prototype, uh, as I best recall, became a keeper by the name of John Cena, as you mentioned. Now we're back. Now Deborah's now in the commissioner's office. Let's listen. That little ban, that little ruling you made on not allowing the Alliance members out at ringside. Well, I wouldn't say that was so brilliant. I loved it, but I was just thinking, I mean, you're surely to goodness, not talking about Deborah, no flunkies, and especially no wives. I'm not just a regular wife, I'm Deborah. We will see who the better man is tonight. It will be a one-on-one -on -one match. Now, please leave. Ah, we'll see. That's good. Yeah, not a bad segment. William now, Regal was tremendous in his role. Oh, buddy. I don't think anybody ever did that role better than William Regal. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of guys who were good. Mick was good among many others, seemingly. But nobody trumped uh, uh, Regal for his work in that in that scenario. And the nice thing too about that for Regal was that he was he was sharp enough to he didn't have to have a script. He he got the message. Here's where we're going, and and so they would do that. I'm sure they did that in a pre-tape. And I don't know how many takes it takes it it took. So there's Michael Cole. See those highlights, Connie? Maybe me and you should think about that. I think I'm good. Me too. Let's, let's take a listen to Angle's promo here. Hold Steve Austin for the WWF title. But are you at all worried about the possible? Oh, hold on a second. Did you just say worry? Let me set the record straight right now. Austin, 
At SummerSlam, you learned that you couldn't beat me. At Unforgiven, I learned that I sure as hell could beat you. And make no mistake about it, Austin, hand under the rope or not, you were tapping. You were tapping to me. When I put you in my ankle lock, you gave up. And now you want to take a two-week vacation and then come back and take the WWF title for me? Well, let me put it to you like this, Austin. Oh, hell no. What about nothing? I'm through talking about it. I'm going to let my actions speak for my words. And then here comes the rattlesnake. Boy, uh, Kurt, Kurt Engel Kurt, better as a promo, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, he, he came every, all parts of his game were coming together. Yeah. He was getting, he was getting it. And for a guy that did not grow up as a, in Pittsburgh, as a pro wrestling fan, you'd think, well, cause Bruno's San Martino's hometown was Pittsburgh. That Kurt would have a little bit of a background. Austin working his ass off to get over as a heel. And as Vince said, we owed it to him. I, I told Steve, I, I said this on the show. To me, Austin, uh, turning heels like John Wayne becoming a, uh, a Nazi. Just didn't feel right. Let me mention, um, Something he wrote in the Ross report, a lot of rumors circulating Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and their return to the world wrestling federation. Uh, I can clarify and address both issues. Very succinctly. We've had casual conversations with both Nash and hall. Both men are interested in returning and we certainly would welcome them back under the right circumstances. What do you remember the, the talk being backstage? It seems like there were a lot of people who wouldn't have been for that. Well, the, the right situation was money yeah, and their schedule. You know, they had come from a place that they left WWE and went to WCW. They worked a very limited schedule and they were being paid very handsomely for that. So, uh, and I just wasn't sure that we could replicate that. Yeah. We knew they would help us. So Deborah being very defiant now coming out, Mrs. Rattlesnake, as I called her. Uh, and setting it, uh, ringside, which took us to the break. No, it didn't. Here comes Regal. You want to listen to this? Dressing up, He's got her by the ear. So now Regal's taking a seat at ringside. This is very well done. And look how Regal stands up and he's unintimidated. And knows uh, knows with Steve Austin. Yeah. And then here comes, here comes the champ. Kurt was already getting that, uh, follically impaired status of his life. Yes, he was. Yeah. The next May in, uh, Nashville, he'd get a little haircut. And the hot start, fist and fire. Austin is traditional black tights, black knee braces, two of them. 
bad knees football didn't do Steve any favors. Because again, we're in an era where those injuries that would occur, you know, there wasn't arthroscopic surgery, the non overly invasive surgery for knees had not yet been perfected. It was, out, it, it was out there, but it just had not been, it wasn't universally utilized. I go 17 minutes and 17 seconds. Meltzer would say this is one of the longest raw matches in years. He would say it wasn't as good as either of their pay-per-view matches, but gave it three and a half stars. Said they had some timing problems early. And he also said that, uh, during the match, there were fans chanting Goldberg at Austin. Let's remember this is not 1998. This is 2001. Yeah. Goldberg's not on the squad. He's at home collecting checks. Did you view got, did you view Goldberg as the big get, or was there somebody else over there that you thought was, could be more valuable? No, he was right there. Connie, you know, he had been taken care of so well with that long winning streak building momentum and momentum. Uh, he, he was, he was the cherry on the Sunday on that deal. And, and that's because he had, he had, uh, he had been positioned so well, this is a very physical match. These guys had no, had no other way. And if you're watching it, following us along on this watch along, uh, you see a lot of physicality. Yeah. No and, doubt about that. I mean, I think they brought out the best of each other. Yeah, I do too. And Kurt learned a lot from Steve. Yeah. Again, the heels call on the match. So the match was essentially laid out, uh, with stone, with stone Cold's input, strong input. Earl Hebner, the referee. I was one of the few guys that I honestly few, I, I, I could tell the difference Earl and Dave. I hear Dave's not in real good health. Wish him the best. And Earl's son has turned into a hell of a referee, Brian, a good referee. I'd like to see more of him in the AEW. So Austin goes face first into that ring post ring post wins every time, every down time. It's undefeated. <laughs> Was angle as a baby face at this point, maybe past his expiration. I don't know if he was, but I thought he was a better heel. Uh, cause he had fun being a heel and being booed cause he'd been cheered his entire life in every front at Clarion college as a all American national champion, amateur wrestler. He's always been the hero. So I think it was a departure for him that he kind of looked forward to. JR had to move out of the way there. Let's, let's, let's track a little bit here. Another little trivia fun fact, Conrad, is Kurt comes back the, uh, that Matt, you can see it's about an inch thick. Yeah. Not a lot. Uh, another fun fact, I'm wearing a hat. Uh, that stone cold got me for Christmas. It's before I started having my hats custom made. Yeah. It was, it was a resist all, uh, 100 X. So it was a high dollar hat. 
highest priced hat I'd ever received or ever worn. And, uh, that kind of signifies a little bit of the relationship I had with Steve. I don't imagine he bought a lot of people in WWE gifts. Agree. But man, when you got that top dog and you got somebody that's special, you, you just go, you kind of go out of your way. Well, that's, you got to treat everybody the same bullshit. I don't agree with that. That the same concept I would have, uh, having a, uh, battle Royal at WrestleMania. So everybody could get booked, make a payday. I'd rather just give them a payday and let them sit in catering as opposed to adding to the card unnecessarily. But I do understand the logic of it. Big title match, man. And the, and the heat was now starting to turn and Kurt was making a little comeback here. Double knockout. Austin Dawson got right back up. Do you have a, uh, a favorite opponent for Steve? Yeah. Rock. Yeah. Two of the biggest stars ever in the history of the business without fail, without hyperbole. And they, they, they respected each other so much. I remember rock's favorite nickname for Steve was Baldy. Cause he come up to me and he say, how's Baldy today? <laughs> I said, he's the same always honoring cranky intense Baldy. It's funny how you get all these little nicknames that never make air just, you know, to speak, so to speak. Yeah. But it's just, that's just out of friendship and, and team camaraderie angle selling his left knee. It also goes to that chop block connecting the dots. Young wrestlers that knee became something also fall right up immediately with that chop block to try to further damage the leg and win this title from Kurt angle. Now, here's the thing that you don't see much anymore. A, uh, a reverse chin lock wrestlers are afraid that they slowed down very much, that the crowd will get restless and not have the patience to, to ride out the sequence. This crowd here was they're invested in the match and they're invested in what the talents were fighting for a title. Hard shot to the back of the head again. You know, an angle had the history of neck issues, which we've made prominently aware of, uh, and from that Olympic story, the broken freaking neck. So now Austin's working on the neck. Everything made sense. Everything had a, everything had a meaning. You called uh, some of Austin's matches in WCW when he was much earlier in his career. And then obviously yep. when he was top dog here, he adopted more of a brawling style, uh, when he started to become the stone cold persona. And of course, back in the day, I think a lot of people would describe him as a, a mat technician or a ring general or what have you, but it was much more traditional wrestling and a lot more brawling during the stone cold era, but he did both fabulously. Um, did you have a preference for the style of match? Did you like the way he wrestled as stone cold or the way he wrestled as stunning Steve? Uh, stone cold was the bottom, bottom line. No pun yeah. intended. And stunning Steve was, you know, a, a, a blue chip guy. 
I said early on, I used some old commentary. This is going to, this guy could be the guy at some point in time. So I like the fact that he was focusing on the neck. He'll try to work back to the neck. Look for a stunner. There's a backslide and, uh, got a, got a, got a near fall out of it. And so Austin there again with that clubbing, uh, right hand and uh, take it from me. Who's been a victim. He, he laid his shit in and he's again, now working on the head and neck to continue to connect the dots. It's not an intermediate story where he's going from one hurricane Rana to Tope suicida and, yeah. and, uh, you know, Conrad suicida Conrad, can you imagine me and you doing a Tope suicida? Uh, no, I, no, no, me neither. Just thought I'd ask. Nope. So there now Kurt with that sleeper, that's one way to slow Austin down, cut off the blood supply to his brain and until he passes out. And there's a good reversal. That was Kurt's hope spot as the boys call him. Stone cold. Love that though. You know, d- drop it down to his butt when he's in the, uh, the sleeper like that. He did yeah. that a lot. Great move for him. And it was logical, made sense. Yeah. And he could execute it on anybody. That's I say that a lot on these shows. That's a key thing. Everybody can't do everything. So you, you go to what they can do well. And, you know, I tell guys this all the time. Don't try anything on TV that you haven't already perfected off television. TV is not the place to, to, to experiment. In my opinion, the fans deserve better. They deserve, you know, a good execution. And now Austin counters with a sleeper hold of his own. Again, the neck and the head are the focal points. So that that's become the common denominator. Austin holds on as he's been rammed into the turnbuckle. Uh, uh, the champion Kurt Angle feeling a high level of uh, jeopardy, and now he's trying to again sway the momentum back to his side, cross body. And the referee right there, head to head inside cradle. So we're, we're, we're moving toward the finish line. I want to mention, uh, what this show got as a rating, it got a, a 4.5 rating, which, uh, was pretty good at the time. Yeah. Uh, let's sort of lay out what had been happening. August 6th is a five, four, August 13th is a five, two. August 20th is a five, two, uh, August 27th is a four, eight, September 3rd is a four, six, September 10th is a four, six, September 17th is a four, eight, the 24th is a four, five. The first is a four, four. We're back to a four, five here. And then, you know, we start to be up and down and all around, but unfortunately uh, it takes the uh, regular dip that it does at the end of the year. Christmas Eve is a 3.2. And new year's Eve was a 2.4, but those were just sort of, I mean, you know, that going in Christmas Eve and new year's Eve, it kind of is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Austin now grabbing a chair and our brave and fair, uh, commissioner unarms the rattlesnake. Who's not wanting to take no for an answer. 
Austin shows desperation. That's the story we're trying to tell. Yes. Desperation because he, some of his traditional things that he utilizes offensively weren't, weren't, weren't being as effective as he wanted them to be. But you notice here, uh, Conrad, the match that Austin's working, he didn't work any differently than he would if it had been a, a true baby face. That's his style. That Bruce Brody, like brawling style. And, you know, Steve grew up uh, in South Texas, so he watched a lot of Houston wrestling and Bruce or Brody was one of the biggest stars in Houston wrestling and guys like, uh, like him and, and, uh, Brody and even Wahoo. Wahoo was a rugged baby face. Wahoo wasn't going to beat you with a hurricane Rana. Who would have been the perfect baby face for a heel stone cold here? If it wasn't Kurt angle. I mean, it's really the rock and it kind of falls off a cliff after that for me. Um, I mean, I guess well, the undertaker. Yeah. But the irony of that is I enjoyed, I love both those guys, but for whatever reason, they didn't have the greatest natural chemistry with each other. It had nothing to do with personalities. They liked each other. They're both Texas boys. Uh, they both watched the same shit growing up. Paul Bosch's wrestling in Houston. Austin, the old school Boston crab, you know, Austin's philosophy is much like, uh, FTR nowadays, yeah. throwbacks. And they go to things that have worked in the past because of it's, that's easy to understand. But with this, uh, Boston crab angles, fighting like his ass off great camera work. The facials are on, on point. I like it. This is now, this is a little Marge. This is a little sports entertainment, like, you know, the referee interaction. Yeah. Referee and the, and the, and the challenger. And then so Austin gives a finger to Hebner and he gets his head knocked off. That's what you get for assaulting or, or disrespecting an official. So Kurt angle may be on his last comeback here. You notice he just doesn't, he doesn't stop. He's a machine. And it's going to take something very, very special and special circumstance to beat angle. Let's take a listen to some of your calls here. As we start to get towards the nitty gritty of the match. Austin needs to try the hands of Kurt Angle apart. But I don't think he can. But I don't think Austin can do it. You can feel Kurt Angle beginning to build his momentum. Two German suplexes. Austin is in big trouble here. Austin, the low blow, and the referee did not see it. Austin with a low blow that mule kick. Kurt Angle, the Olympic goal, all right. And the WWE champion. That may be the deciding factor in this match. Well, if the referee doesn't see it, the referee can't call it. Stunner! I feel it! Awesome. He may be setting yes. Looking for the stunner. No. Angle counter. No. Great bump by Hebner. Yeah, it is. And Angle's head and Earl Hebner's head. They crack. Hebner may have twisted his ankle as well. Going out of the 
is outside the ring, face down the other side of the ring. And uh, he's got the championship belt. Here it comes. Our man Regal. Trying to unarm Austin and holding that belt using it as, as a weapon. And he hit Regal hits uh Kurt with that title belt. Look at that pose. Regal perfect on point, man. See, I kind of like that that what happened. Good story, I didn't understand Ryan. it. Yeah. It, it, it was unique. There's a the cover. And, and our hero for the 1996 Olympics kicks out. Regal is astonished that that occurred. Regal's facials are priceless. Unbelievable. Yeah. Shows that if you're a young wrestler watching or a fan, those facial expressions are big time money. And there it is folks, the stunner. So the Alliance got a kind of got a boost there. Big boost. They've got the world title back and now the commissioner is on their side. Great stuff. Heaven are still selling the ankle. I everybody, mean, everybody, I'm sorry, Connor. Everybody played their role. Well, yeah, all those roles, the commissioner role, the referee role, uh, was just spot on, notwithstanding the fact that, uh, Steve and Kurt had a hell of a match, you know, he's, I heard what you said about Melcher saying it wasn't as good as their first three or whatever. And I, that's an opinion. He, he did praise the finish though. He says same scenario you always see, but for some reason, the timing made it great. So there you go. Stone cold's got the belt back. We, we, uh, we only wanted angle to have it really to do the whole hometown presentation and American hero presentation. So we got our use out of that. We, we nailed a 4.5 rating. And, uh, we live to, uh, tell the tales. We get ready for no mercy brought to you by subway. Cause they reminded us of that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and next week we're going to be doing another watch along this time is from 1996. We see Bret Hart come back to the world wrestling federation and sign his contract. We'll also discuss the Mr. Perfect return. That wasn't all that. And of course the fallout from in your house, buried alive. That's next week, but in between now and then. I'll have that JR's all purpose seasoning out. You already know the deal. Come on down to <laughs> It costs nothing to look right, Jim. Exactly. Nothing to look and we'll get your order out quick and fast. And you'll enjoy some great grilling with your family, your buddies, your friends. Uh, and I just can't thank everybody enough for their support of our, our products. And, uh, Stephen links doing a good job of throwing out those specials and the flash sales and all that stuff. So. You can follow us uh, on Twitter, JR's Comfort Food. I think it's what it's called. Uh, Conrad knows of my 
expertise in the IT field is somewhat embarrassing. But they take you take good care of. That's why I said you would have made a hell of a special ed teacher because I'm a special ed student when it comes to this stuff, no doubt. But we thank everybody for that. And and don't forget uh, the hot sauce is coming. Red ass JR's hot sauce. Uh, I had some last night as the sample bottle, and uh, it'll get your attention. It's got a lot of flavor, but it ain't for the weak at heart. Let me tell you. So anyway, thanks a lot. JRsbbq.com. Our store never closes. And if we don't have treat you right, get you to your order on time in a timely basis, packed well, delivered on time, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let me know because we're going to take care of you. We're not going to leave you high and dry. It's like a family doing business with the family. You want to make sure everybody's taken care of. Absolutely. So we do. So, and, uh, and boy, I know that, uh, adfreeshows.com is kicking ass. Oh man, we're having so much fun over there. We just did a Kurt Angle Q and A. I know you've got one coming up. I think Arn Anderson's got one coming up. It feels like Eric's doing something every week, something for everybody over yeah. at, uh, adfreeshows.com. And Jim, do you remember the whole controversy when one of the Highlanders appeared on a TNA show? Yeah. Wound up costing him his job. Yeah, I do. We, well, we put that fellow, uh, Robbie from the Highlanders on a zoom with Jeff Jarrett and let him talk about it. How about that? As a little exclusive for ad free shows. That's a nice idea. Good booking yeah. Conrad. Oh, yeah. Come on. Meltzer's going to name you the booker of the year. Well, I don't know about that, <laughs> but I do know I've enjoyed seeing you every single Wednesday on uh, TNT, and, uh, between that and the all purpose seasoning, uh, I'm getting my feel of uh, good old Jr. every single week. I appreciate it, buddy. And, uh, I love uh, our partnership. I love doing this show. But most importantly, to be quite frank, uh, I love the fact that our, our fans are supporting this podcast. Absolutely. And you're telling people about it. You're recommending it to other people. You're getting through the five-star ratings, all that's all that, uh, uh, online talk is very valuable. So thank you all for, for, uh, supporting what we're doing here. Conrad, I, I know I'm not speaking for Conrad, but I am in a certain way, I guess we, we really appreciate your business. And we're old school. We're going to thank you. It's like I am right now. I thank you for supporting us. It means a whole hell of a lot because we must, we don't need to do this. If you're not going to listen and we're going to try to do our best every week to entertain you and inform you. I think luckily on these ride alongs, you get a lot of information on these ride alongs that you normally would not hear. That's right. They're little, the little bit tidbits, you know, that, that type of thing and pointing out something that a referee does or a heel does or baby face does. And the other thing too, uh, you noticed there, what, when I got on my roll, Paul Heyman laid out. Yes, he did. Cause that's good teamwork. That's professional. And, uh, so it was a, it was a fun era. 2001 was a, was kind of a fun time. Did I miss working with Lawler? Absolutely. But I, I, uh, Paul Heyman has added a different element. You can't eat steak every day. Sometimes you want to try something different like a chocolate cake. <laughs> so anyway, things are good, Connie. And I do appreciate your, uh, having me on the team. Hey man, we can't do it without you. And, uh, we're looking forward to seeing you next Wednesday night. And of course we'll be back next week talking about all things WWF from 1996 Ooh. right here on grilling Jr. with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. Thanks a lot again, everybody. Take care of your loved ones and count your blessings. And we appreciate you. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today 
a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen.